Hello, kitties. This is yours duly, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day going? Not too bad, actually. Today is nice. kind of nice. Oh, hey, how Hi. you doing? Hi, nice Mike. to talk to you finally. Yes, hey, thank you so much for doing this. This is very, very fun for us. We don't do podcasts <laughs> that often. No, but it's true. I mean, for it's us, absolutely it's Matt, true. Matt does all the work, and I just basically listen. <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's true, we don't do as much podcasts. And we, I, I love podcasts, and I, I think it's it's really, really cool that you reach out to us. So thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Very, very cool. So we're ready to discuss everything with you. Like I said, my producer, I think, is up there. She is. Allie, are you connected? Hello. Hey. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. If you don't mind, we'll just hop right into it then. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, again, thank you very much for taking some time. I know I can only imagine how busy you guys are. You know what? This is the fun bit for me. So I'm okay. super happy that we get to talk about everything we've been working on. Uh, I spend most of my days actually working on stuff that's going to happen in a year or two. So like being in the thick of it, so to speak, is kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of nice. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I'm trying to figure out where to begin here because that that is a great point and that I would like to talk a little about that because you guys are so passionate about the stuff that you guys do and what's it like working on things and and kind of having to hold back and and, oh. and all like what what goes into that like how do you how does your brain it's, function it's it's excruciating to to start <laughs> I mean uh, don't get me wrong I love my job I'm having a good time with this but uh, and it's weird because I've been doing this for like eight years and this meaning dead by daylight right mm-hmm. uh, because i've been in the industry for much longer than that i'm i'm an old man but dead by daylight has been going on for about eight years and at the beginning like the stuff we worked on and the the surprises that we had in store were like a month two months in advance like we didn't have that much visibility ahead there mm-hmm. was a small little team when we launched the game in 2016 there were 30 of us right so there's there's only so much you can do with that team and so we grew obviously and now with over 300 and some people working on the game obviously we have a cadence that's never slowed down and we have to continue making stuff but so we can look forward to what's going to happen in six months what's going to happen in a year and we can already plan ahead much much more than we used to uh we still make changes and and have stuff that we can act really fast when we need to but most of the stuff is like planned ahead at least six months to probably a year so and nothing, it is no, go ahead please oh no i was just gonna throw, and nothing ever goes wrong that you have to change stuff along the way <laughs> that you know i could only imagine the the speed bumps you pass on all different angles from from stuff like that absolutely i mean we 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 get better at it but yeah you're mm-hmm. right we, we do mess up once in a while and and i think that the team is very good at at sort of scrambling when stuff happens and and pulling together and and figuring it out. There's very little 
uh, time spent on, on blame, let's say. Uh, it's oh, it's yeah. all about like it's uh, like we have a situation. How do we make the best of this? And sometimes it's an opportunity, and sometimes it's a crisis. Uh, we've had a few of each of those and everything in between. Uh, but but for my part, yeah, I spend a lot of my time talking about stuff that's amazing that we're going to do in a year. And so I, I rarely get the chance to talk to people about something super exciting that we're going to do because it's always so far ahead uh, what I do in my daily life. So when we do these, these, the, these press conferences and these interviews, I tend to be able to talk about the stuff that we just announced that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of refreshing for me. As a side note, you have to interrupt me and jump in because I tend to ramble on and I will never <laughs> stop talking if you don't. <laughs> we just had a conversation. I was just talking to uh, Kat and, and Ali. I said, yeah, feel free to interrupt me whenever I'm used to it. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, you guys have a giant amount of stuff that you have going on. So what I would like to start with first before we get into everything going on more immediate, the board game you guys have work coming out. Yeah. You had that up on Kickstarter. You guys were only asking the the goal was two hundred and fifty thousand. It raised over a million dollars. Yeah, the, what's the, going on? The with thing that? you have to know about this is obviously we worked with a company to do that. We like I'm a huge board game uh, nerd. I I have a ton in my basement. We have regular game uh, game nights at my house, uh, and I'm not the only one on the team. Like it's it, and I think that globally it's a hobby that's become more and more. Uh, popular but uh so we we looked around we shopped for great companies that make board games well and that know how to take a product and sort of reflect it because that's not an easy thing to do and mm -hmm. uh and once we found the right partner we sort of let them do their thing the way they're used to a lot of companies you use kickstarter for board games so it wasn't a behavior project it was level 99 handling this from start to finish we were there uh, on the design side so mm -hmm. every step of the way we were with them uh, we used the tabletop simulator uh, as a as a way to uh, prototype and test the design of the game which is revolutionary for board game creators and it, it was really cool because we could just all be remote obviously a lot of it happened during the pandemic times so mm -hmm. We jumped in, we tried a few mechanics, and we helped them really nail down the Dead by Daylight trial experience in board game form. I'm super happy with the result, but the whole Kickstarter campaign was totally on them. So they, they sort of aimed for what they usually aim for. They're kind of board games that they make, and they, they're like, okay, let's be a little ambitious and go for $200,000. So we, we were quite confident we were going to blow way past that, which we did. Absolutely. But uh but it was essentially made on their scale. That's great. And yeah. having someone like because you know, you can't even begin to compare video games to board games. So yeah, having someone who's in that world and, and knows how to lay that groundwork. Absolutely yeah, that that's yeah. great. It's a, it's something else also, I think that uh globally at behavior it's part of our culture. Uh internally we do that and externally too, but like Find people that are extremely good at their job and then mm -hmm. leave them alone. Let them do their thing, right? So there's there's very little like red tape and, and like management oversight. It's not part of the culture of how we do things. So if you hire a really good music composer, 
don't tell them how to compose music like just let them do their thing and and they will like there's a lot of like giving people a sense of ownership and and being able to sort of flex whatever muscles you have and i'm sure that mentality comes from you know you guys doing what you do as well you know because you get involved in so many things and licensing and yeah 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 and it it starts also from i mean behavior has been making games for about 30 years most of it Mm -hmm. was uh work for hire for for other companies and and for licensors so uh being extremely efficient with our time and having a lot of really good generalists like people who could just wear whatever hat we need today uh, has always been sort of part of the dna of the company Uh, and and we couldn't have the sort of, uh, I mean, it, it was growing pains also because we, we have changed. Like when I was at the company 10 years ago, we were about 250 employees total. Now we're over a thousand. So wow. clearly the, the sort of uh, the, the management tax that you have on top of every project has grown also. And it's something that we weren't really used to, uh, but, but we had to adapt. Absolutely. The next thing I wanted to bring up was the comic that you yeah. guys have coming out. You're working with Titan Comics. They've done things like Blade Runner, Bloodborne, Doctor Who, you know, very, very, oh, very yes. proven company. This is going to be available early June is what I was reading. Yeah, I, I'm sure Ode uh, can give me the exact date and she she's probably scrambling in the background to find it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we so far. I'm sorry. So far, it's only early June. I, apologize. Okay. I don't have okay. a more precise date Perfect. than that. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, but that's it. So yeah, it's it's coming any minute now, almost. Uh, and it was great working with them. And and again, that's another example. We had an idea. We're like, oh, let's find other ways to tell more dead by daylight stories. Like talk about the lore that we've created and expand our universe. And the comic book felt kind of a a, a really interesting place to to tell different stories and and not step on our, our own toes, so to speak. So we looked around, we, we tried to find the right partner for this. We, we met with a lot of really cool people, but then Titan sort of blew us out of the water because, uh, yeah, you named a couple, but like they didn't, they did amazing stuff with like life is strange, bloodborne, uh, horizon zero dawn. And mm-hmm. in a, like, they've done a lot of stuff with other franchises, but specifically video games. They were able to take video games that have really interesting lore and, and sort of go on a tangent and tell a story in that universe, which is exactly what we wanted to do. So we we, we helped them figure out a theme. Uh, we, we were lucky enough to get an amazing writer that was already a huge fan of the game uh, and then uh, and find the right artists for this. And the great thing is we could do potentially another series down the line with a completely different writer, a completely different artist, and tell a completely different story in the world of Dead by Daylight. So it's it's a really interesting medium to tell uh, more of our, our stories. Absolutely. And how, I, I mean, I don't know how, how much you can speak on this, but these are going to be, I would assume, very close to the lore that we, we have known from the game or expanding? It, it is a hundred percent canon it is a hundred percent canon to the story but uh for for instance the the first comic book series that we're doing right now is a four issue uh run that will tell it's sort of the origin story of the legion like Mm -hmm. so it's very rooted in reality it's like a teenage angst story it's very very like uh real if you will 
there's mm-hmm. not that many supernatural elements because the the biggest part of that story is how they became to be the thing that attracted the entity's attention. So what we're telling in that sense is the story of how they became the legion. But 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 you're right in a sense. The next run could be something completely supernatural that happens in a sort of multiverse version of the weird way the entity creates its world, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then that that gives you that, because, you know, that can't really play out in, especially a multiplayer game. Storytelling doesn't, it kind of loses it a little bit, and this is a perfect medium for that, yeah. Yeah, but I think that uh, without tooting our own horn, uh, we were sort of clever in the way we we built the the narrative in our game. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Th- there's no like big cutscenes. There's nothing that stops yeah. the 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 pure hide and seek gameplay. But uh, like over the first year, most of the story was either the short little uh, blurbs about the characters or like the flavor text for the add-ons or for the the offerings or all of that. And that's where most of the story was told. And as we grew, obviously, the addition of the archives was a huge step in there so mm-hmm. that we could really delve much deeper. But now we have so many different channels to tell that story. And that story has become much richer also than it was at first. When we launched with three killers and four survivors, uh, there were quite a lot of plot holes, quite a lot of unanswered questions, which is great for horror stories like you want a lot of unanswered questions you want people to wonder what it is and and sort of make up their own details uh but i mean it's sort of to a certain extent even the the design of the entity itself that black smoke was a way for us to to sort of patch corners right it's like the question was okay so yeah we have a a map that's made out of tiles and we have borders around and if someone asked like what's beyond the border like we're like, oh, we don't care about that. And they're like, no, but we have to see something there, right? We go, just put black smoke, and we'll figure it out later. And that's sort of built around that into how is this world made? Like, what's this nightmare made out of? And the the, the questions that we didn't want to answer and that we answered sort of slowly around the years led to the story that we have today. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for it to see how it plays out on Ink for sure. The next, uh, the next venture you guys are going into are the U2s. Yeah. And, you know, I know Funkos were a big topic in the community for so long. Yeah. And, you know, you guys ended up going with U2s. But honestly, I, I, I own Funkos. I like Funkos. Funkos are great. Everybody loves them. But I, I feel I love the decision you guys made going with the U2s because there's so much more creativeness that you could throw in there. And what was the decision like going with U2s and that, that relationship and what what's coming next? I mean, it was a it was a bit of a painful story. I don't know how how, how deep in details I can get into on yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, but that's okay. Like literally a couple of years ago, it was two years ago, we, we ended or I ended the anniversary with the big mic drop of saying Funko Pops are coming and mm-hmm. uh, and people got mad and the reaction videos we got were amazing for that and we know like there there are fans out there of funko uh but uh yeah it painfully through a lot of uh conversations it it ended up not working in the end and it was sort of uh, sad but then the u2s popped up 
seemingly out of nowhere, we had a, a, a friend of a friend that just said, oh, maybe we should meet and talk about what could be done. And what they presented, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you're right. It is so, it's sort of creative and it's got a, a vision. I mean, Funkos are cool and all, but yeah. Funko Pop always looks like a Funko Pop. It's, Absolutely. It's, I think that yeah. the, the Funko brand is probably much stronger stylistically. Yeah. So everything ends up looking sort of the same way. And the U2s really ended up having such a strong personality. The look that they gave, uh, I mean, nobody on our side at least is sad of how this story played out. There were some pains around the way, uh, but but seriously, the, the result is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, we're super happy with that. Absolutely, yeah, and, and like I said, that creativity and you know, for the characters you guys have, or yeah, it, it needs that freedom to kind of be its own thing. And the 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 most difficult thing usually in these relationships is which characters should we pick because at this point we have yeah. so many, and like you start listing, you're like, oh, obviously it should be the trapper, and then obviously the huntress, and then obviously, and then people like the trickster, yeah, of course the trickster, and then you you sort of keep talking for five minutes and after a while you've named about 25 different characters so it it gets a little difficult but that's sort of a, a rich man's problem right uh it's a good problem to have <laughs> yeah not the worst problem to have uh one of the other big things uh that we've heard about is the movie we've heard over isn't here that, that crazy uh Dead no by it's Daylight not is working with <laughs> james wan this blew my mind honestly Longhouse. <laughs> Please so, tell us how that blows your mind, because I'm shocked by you saying that. I mean, I'm just a nerd <laughs> making video games, right? And <laughs> now I'm talking to Jason Blum and James Wan about making a movie based off of the characters in the universe that we created. It's it's batshit crazy. Like it's just amazing. And maybe it's because movies of of sort of this this veneer of fame around or something that they seem unattainable like walking the red carpet to go see a movie based off of the stuff you made up like it's <laughs> to me just saying the words sounds completely insane that being said uh it it was a long conversations with them uh to figure out if we were the right partners or if they were the right partners for us and in the end i mean Blumhouse is one of the top houses for horror, for Absolutely. sure. Uh, and and especially they are great at taking something and making a simple version of it. Uh, and I say that with, with a lot of uh, respect for this, because they, they make small-ish movies, like the, the uh, whatever, pick one of their, their many, many things that they've done. And it's, it's usually very simple. It's like a one house, a couple of characters, and they really focus on creating intense reactions in people. And it was so well suited to what we had in mind for a Dead by Daylight movie. Uh, and, and James Wan is, of course, a master of his craft also. So all of that, uh, right now, obviously, with the, the writer's strike, uh, there's a bit of a... a, a we're, we're sort of going to be... A, a, there's going to be delays, let's say. Uh, and And... Since I have no idea how movies get made, I can't tell you if it's going well or not, which is just frustrating. Uh, but uh, but we are looking for a showrunner, like someone who 
will own that product completely. Uh, we need to to know that it's someone who gets what we're trying to do. Ideally, someone who's a fan already or someone who's willing to to sort of drown themselves in our world and really, really live it. So uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting. We've talked to some really interesting people, and uh, I can't wait. That's so exciting. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was updating my resume. I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, and, and I I fully understand Matthew what you're saying because you know like like you said this game started with three killers and you know it was nothing when it started. Who knew what it would become? And I could see that surrealism setting in with you, but. I've said for years, 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 that I don't know what Dead by Daylight's waiting on. They have a Marvel Cinematic Universe of horror. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that is a million percent what you guys could bring to the genre. And, the, and your characters just scream it. Yeah, that's kind of the point right now. Uh, the, the most difficult task right now is really to figure out, like, what's the, the to take your example, what's our Iron Man? You know, what, what's the first uh, post that we plant down and we say, this is how we tell stories. This is the kind of universe we're building. Just hold on. There's more coming. So the, the, the idea of figuring out which is the first, uh, yeah, what, what's the first foray? Like, what, how do we uh, unveil that story to people, if you will? Uh, that's the biggest hurdle we have. I mean, it's not, a, it's not impossible, but it's difficult. Like you said, a rich man's problem, though, because you have so many great stories to tell. And yeah. it's, it's, you have, you've created such a world already, but you're moving it to a whole nother realm. And where do you begin? Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I, I really, truly hope we could have you on again, because we could have a whole nother four-hour <laughs> conversation about it. Well, um, I, I'm already telling you, I'm happy to do it again. So just great. Get in touch with oh, yeah. Ode, and 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 uh, yeah, we'll we'll be happy to. Just to be sure, Ode, uh, all the stuff from the anniversary is okay to talk about, right? That is correct. Yes, okay, they okay. received oh. uh, the press release. We can talk so, about this, and it won't be released until tomorrow. That's fine. Because yes. I want to say on on the topic of that, the other thing that is sort of crazy that was very similar to the movie is uh, our partnership with Supermassive. Uh, yeah, yes. Supermassive is at the top of the storytelling game in video games. Like there, there are a couple out there, but they are really in a unique position where they tell stories. They, they show how video games as a medium to tell stories has matured and really can do things in ways that books or TV or movie couldn't. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and the fact that we are teaming up with them to create a Dead by Daylight story using their talent is also so amazing for us all right you're screwing up our spreadsheet uh, oh, our run sorry. sheet here but that's fine we'll, ju oh, we'll jump well, right to it uh, oh what, what's the matter cat oh no i because i think we were going to get into the anniversary here yeah soon, yeah anyway right. yeah uh, i was going to ask about um the the music the anniversary music uh iron maiden slipknot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also, another thing that I wake up in the morning going, what the fuck? Did I just talk to the <laughs> the representatives from Iron Maiden telling them, okay, we'll see you on Monday to do more on this. Like, <laughs> uh, So yeah, Eddie uh, is coming into Dead by Daylight. Uh, Eddie, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Eddie had so many different versions and outfits. 
it was a perfect fit. I mean, and don't get me wrong, the 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 video game, uh, especially horror and the 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 metal iconography and sort of lore and and mythology fits so well together. Like I, I still have my T-shirt from Brutal Legend, which was a great game way back when. But that the metal world is such a great fit for us. So yeah, having Eddie as character uh, costumes, so th there'll be uh, legendary outfits for a couple of our killers. Uh, so re uh, recreating all the iconic, uh, you know, album covers that Eddie was on. We've got so many yeah. different versions of Eddie. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be absolutely insane. And then Slipknot, uh, the Slipknot masks. So the idea for us is to have a series of nine masks, uh, which are taken from some of the most iconic band members over the years in Slipknot, mm -hmm. and release those as masks for our killers. That is very cool. Uh, and yeah. I and like you said, metal has kind of its own story uh, as a genre. It's got like its own deep lore. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's really good for the direction that the the storytelling direction that you guys are going in. The the funniest bit of the conversations with uh, with the metal bands was mostly they don't want to be associated with the bad guys, even though the iconography is very horror. It's very uh, like threatening. Uh, mm -hmm. It's usually like sticking up for the little guy. That's usually the message mm -hmm. you get quite a lot in metal music. So they they sort of by uh, knee jerk reaction they wanted to be associated with the survivors and not the killers. Uh, Obviously, after long conversations, first of all, the, the killers in our game are sort of victims too. They are, they are taken to the world of the entity and sort of forced to become the worst possible version of themselves. Uh, but but in a in a sense, also visually and thematically, the the visuals of those masks for Slipknot and the the Eddie character just fit perfectly well on the killers and would have been really weird on our survivors. I cannot wait to see what those look like on Killers because I mean they the masks in in their own way look terrifying on yeah. their own. You know, I mean even Tom Savini's team has worked on you know some of those masks and they're so tied to the roots of the the horror genre and that yeah that that's gonna look great. Yeah, I can't wait. And like we say in the the anniversary, it's uh, it's still super early right now, so we don't have exact dates of when this is coming, but uh, soon. That's awesome. I wanted to get into the eight year or the kicking off year eight. Yeah. The anniversary, the the new chapter. Um, yes. What can you tell us about it? New well, color, new survivor, new map. Yeah. And again, this is another step. So uh, last year, like uh, two years ago, we did the first uh, Western inspired map and chapter. Uh, and and it's, it was a very interesting thing, and some people were taken aback a bit, but it fits really well. Last year, we did the medieval theme, which is also a great place for horror to take place. And this year, we're going sci-fi and, and sort of space, which uh, historically, there's been some really, really cool uh, horror stories being told about sci-fi and space. It can be very upsetting. Uh, and so this time... Uh, so uh, Dave does it so much better than me, but I, I can tell you a little bit. So the, the new killer is called the, oh my God, now I, I, I don't have it up. I'll the have Singularity. Yeah, the, the singularity. singularity. I keep forgetting. Uh, but, uh, and it's, it's, it's an interesting take on the cyborg 
because usually cyborgs are, uh, you know, a, a living organism or a creature that adds metal bits to sort of transform into something new. In this case, it's an AI that is incorporating organic bits to be able to become more powerful. So it's sort of even more upsetting, I think, and and uh, and terrifying. Uh, and the AI is such a, a, a it's such a what do you mean? present like it's one of those conversation pieces that we're mm -hmm. having quite a lot right now and how ai can like go bad and and turn on you uh, so it's 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 sort of a it's a great universal theme especially in sci-fi uh, we tend to do that quite a lot obviously over the years it's become quite evident that we like to dig into universal folklore and universal uh, either urban legends or mythology and things like that because I mean, even if you get like an urban legend from Japan, it will somehow resonate to people in Canada and the States or Brazil. Like these things, these themes of horror, these these upsetting things are, are very human and humans are human wherever you are. So that new chapter as the uh, that killer, the new survivor, uh, we haven't given details much right now, I believe. Uh, Gabriel Soma is the he's a lone survivor like he's a he's a it's almost like a the Martian like he's someone who is willing to go somewhere where he knows he will be completely cut off from everything uh, he's a loner but he's also uh, he, he gets stuff done also interestingly enough he's kind of hot I was just saying that yeah yeah I was just saying that yeah. he really is he really yeah. is though. Yeah. I mean it's a it's depends on your personal taste but uh i i, I think we uh, i think we can of, agree that there's, yeah, there's a general consensus yes yes <laughs> yeah yeah i was just i was just saying that uh a vittorio you have a a, a long lore and, and him being hot as well he got yeah. a lot of attention <laughs> once in a while we do have to to try to make an effort uh, the other thing also is that this is going to be a brand new theme uh in our yeah so you know the map that we have right now has yeah. some super interesting uh flora and like the the it it'll take you somewhere completely different from what we've seen so far and our our team is really i mean the, over the years it's become more and more impressive i think that the the, the map for the artist the eerie uh is for me one of the the most out there that we've done so surreal and 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 sort of shocking and then I think that this one really, really impressed me by how completely different from everything we've done it is. It's so gorgeous. It's so rich. But at the same time, it is very, uh, you know, it's 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 upsetting and it's it's alien. It's very different from what we have. So, yeah. I was going to ask you about the map because it when I looked at it, it was like a like a tropical skull island. You know, it had. Yeah. And. And we, we haven't seen that from Dead by Daylight yet. So what's it like kind of putting beauty in with the with the, the gore that you guys do so well? Well, I think the interesting bit about this one is that you're right. There's a rich vegetation, which is usually associated with with uh, concepts of like vacation and, mm -hmm. and, you know, something that's relaxing and pleasant. But at the same time, like I said, it's it's all alien vegetation. It's all stuff that you've never seen before. And therefore, 
any of it could potentially be hostile. And, and that's sort of where it works. Uh, the other thing also is the way that the, like there's place, there's a human built stuff, like there's a base of operation and there's a few things you'll see here and there, but they all seem uh, weak in a sense, as in they're not like big, massive bunkers that can resist everything. Most of them are almost overrun already by the vegetation. So you can see that the vegetation is, is sort of taken over and it's not your friend and it is, it is a hostile force in that map. Yeah, the uh, sci-fi horror is a very interesting addition to uh, your typical slashers that you already have in Dead by Daylight. Yeah. And, and that's it. We have to, to, to sort of swing for the fences and try new things. Uh, well, first of all, for our own sanity, we can't just do the same thing mm -hmm. over and over again. Absolutely. But also because, you know, the idea is to keep the game fresh. I think that one of the things that uh, that is useful for the su continued success of Dead by Daylight is the fact that whenever you start a game, you're not exactly sure who you're going to be up against. You're not exactly sure where you're going to go. You're not exactly sure who the people around you are going to be, if you can trust them or not. And that sort of uncertainty has to constantly bring surprises. It has to constantly be there to sort of shake things up. And so we have to create maps that are unexpected and that are very different from what already exists each and every time. Um, speaking of unexpected, I have a question that I don't know <laughs> if you're allowed to talk about, uh, but I just, I have to know, uh, Nick Cage. Yeah. How did that happen? Cat <laughs> is, a, just for a little background, Cat is our local, and our other host who couldn't make it today, Rob, or the the local Nick Cage obsessed fans. So we actually just started a Nick Cage podcast. <laughs> but aren't we all, in some sense, <laughs> Nick Cage fans? Uh, it's it came about because um, a couple of years ago, I'd say four or five years ago, maybe a little more. We started asking ourselves, like, would it be okay? Would it be cool to bring in a real person into the game? Uh, it stemmed from a conversation like we we already discussed the fact that we never wanted to have real life murderers in the game. That's why you'll never have like Ted Bundy or even Jack the Ripper uh, in Dead by Daylight because we do not want to glorify actual violence, right? Okay. Right. Uh, the the next step from that was okay, but if you don't have uh, real life killers, then could we have real life people? Because the entity, uh, you know, grabs people from any sort of uh, universe, even different timelines, even different versions of the world. We, we've established that already in our lore, so we could potentially have real-life people being whisked away to the world of the entity. That's essentially what we're telling with each and every survivor that we made. Dwight Fairfield is a real person from our world that got whisked away into the world of the entity. So why not a famous person? Uh, I think that one of the first ones that we tried to get uh, was... Uh, Tony Hawk. And uh, oh my God. I was super happy, thrilled at some point. Some wires got touched somewhere, and we I managed to have a conversation with him on Twitter. And he told us that unfortunately his name is locked forever for video games. He he can oh, only yeah. be Tony Hawk's pro skater. That's it. Mm -hmm. So fair enough. Uh but it was exciting and I got to have a chat with Tony Hawk, so yay. <laughs> Uh, put that in the bucket list. Uh, <laughs> but then that sort of that idea always 
stayed with us. And of course, the danger with real life people is that they can do stupid things, right? Uh, especially live people, because they're not done living. And so they could do more things or you could learn about them and, and be surprised. And so uh, we sort of tried to think of all the possibilities and Nick Cage kept popping up because it's in a sense, as weird is there for everybody to see, right? It's hard to imagine that he would have another layer of even weirder shit that's hidden. He may, I don't know. <laughs> But it feels probably as does. if, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But <laughs> probably, like, the weird thing is that he likes to put on his slippers and actually watch the Real Housewives or something, like, and and that'd be weird about him. Anyway, uh, we, we started talking about that, and we said, you know what, we have to do it. We have to at least try. Uh, good thing for us, uh, throughout the years, Behavior, like I said, made games for a lot of publishers and a lot of other licensors. So we do have contacts everywhere, uh, especially in the movie industry. Uh, and so we reached out to a couple of people, uh, Mr. Cage being famously absent from all social media. Like he doesn't have much of an online presence, very difficult to get in touch directly. But we managed to get in touch. We explained the situation. We explained what we wanted to do. And especially we explained the the story we were going to build around how he got brought into the world of Dead by Daylight. And uh, I I believe that resonated. The other thing that we had uh, in our back pocket is, and that, that we learned later, is his son is a big Dead by Daylight fan. So he already knew ah. of the game. Uh, and that helped. But so uh, we managed to nail that deal, and uh, we started talking about how this is going to be. Uh, first of all, we're like, oh, we need to have outfits. Obviously, our game works with cosmetics and things. Uh, we're like, oh, fortunately, Nick Cage wears a lot of really interesting, outrageous things when he's yeah. walking down the street or on the red carpet. Uh, so we have a rich uh, pot to to dig from on this. That's really, really cool. And he, he that was part of what he wanted. He's like, yeah, obviously, you can't do... Uh, my characters from movies because that's not what we're talking about here mm -hmm. but uh yeah just you know create outfits that i would wear like sure yeah we'll do that mr cage um, just an <laughs> fyi though these will not be released uh yet but but they are in the works i just wanted to do an fyi um no cosmetics coming with nick cage as of yet We're Moral, not talking not, about it yet. Right, not, right. So, that, That's what I meant. Like, we, 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 so, so. okay. So I'm giving too many details right Matthew now. Matthew got in trouble saying. is what happened. No, oh. I mean, he did not. I, no. If <laughs> I do these, these things and I don't make people from PR at least a little uncomfortable, I haven't done my job. That is super fair. I also would like to imagine that um, if Tony Hawk used the perk light, he would jump on a skateboard. That was the design, yeah. right? It had to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing we haven't we're we're not gonna talk about the perks right now right, for yeah. nick cage yet but they oh, are yeah, yeah. awesome and they are all about the fact that he is such a, a powerful actor like holy shit i didn't think acting of that. <laughs> power is so yeah that's it and even the story uh you, you'll see it 
this it, you won't see it much in the teaser, but you can decipher some of the stuff. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's such a powerful actor that he, he manages to turn roles into reality to a certain extent. Uh, the other thing to know also is that we were lucky enough to, well, I mean, lucky enough, it was part of the deal. He wanted to record his own voice in the game. <laughs> Uh, and uh, an interesting note about Dead by Daylight: mostly our survivors, uh, they just grunt and scream. Uh, they don't, they don't say things for the most part. And so uh, we usually use uh, voice doubles, and especially we hire people like metal singers and people who are used to do extreme exertions with their voice because it can be really difficult to record screaming and screeching for like three hours straight. <laughs> But uh, Mr. Cage told us there's never been a voice sound alike for me, and we're not going to start today. So he was mm. very, very generous with his time. He was extremely good, and he uh, he recorded all the screams and grunts, and on top of that, all the lines of dialogues for like the teaser, for the trailer, for everything else we're going to do around him. And and fortunately, because I don't think we could have ever gotten a sound alike that really conveyed Nick Cage, right? <laughs> if anyone can grunt and scream for three hours, goddammit, it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and he was great. Back, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, getting back to what you were saying earlier, Matthew, uh, super massive midwinter yeah. entertainment. I, I don't even know where to begin here because... A single-player mode is so different than what Dead by Daylight is. A single-player story game like you guys yep. are working on with Supermassive. Uh, what's that like uh, internally having to switch gears the way you have to to work on something like that? Uh, given you have an unlimited amount of story to tell, what's yep. it like creating a game like that so different than what you do now? Well, fortunately, we don't have to because we... we... We are partnering with um, Supermassive specifically because they're good. And as I said earlier, we like to surround ourselves with people who are extremely good at their job, and then we leave them the fuck alone. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing for the most part. However, our narrative team, and uh, uh, we, have a, we have now built a team called the, the External Production Team, which is to help uh, especially navigate. It started with uh, Hooked on You. Uh, and then all those other projects that are sort of close enough to Dead by Daylight that we need to have a hand in it to make sure that it respects what we built around the game, that it's it's okay on terms of tone and the narration is good so that everything is canon and it fits within the lore. So we have a team that's dedicated to that nowadays that, that is looking right now at Supermassive and meeting with them regularly and, and even visiting them in, in the UK. Uh, Midwinter is a different beast because we, we mm -hmm. did acquire that studio last year. Right, right. So now they are full-on behavior employees. Yeah. When we acquired them, they were working on a game that had a couple of interesting things in there. Uh, you, you can go look it up and do your research. But essentially, they had a game that had a couple of really interesting mechanics that we thought were close to a few things that we wanted to do in a game that we had in mind. So we reached out to them and said, would you be interested in making this game for us, essentially? Joining Behavior and working on this game by yourselves as a full-on project. And they they were thrilled with, with 
the idea that we had. So we have a prototyping team within Behavior that works on on little prototypes like Tom Candy. Is it fun? Like, and they do really quick, quick things. Uh, but they had built a really interesting prototype that we really wanted to to do, and it fit quite well in the world of Dead by Daylight and in, in the, the the expanded world of Dead by Daylight, if you will. And so that's what they're working on. It's a completely standalone game. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's not gonna be released any minute now because it, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of work to do and it's a gigantic project. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be, and it's not a sequel to Dead by Daylight. It is a brand new game that stands on its own. It's just in the world of Dead by Daylight. Okay. My, I have a million questions running through my head, but sure. I mean, like you said, it's it's so it's so early on in it. Then yeah, I, I just can't wait to see what you guys put out because it's such an interesting concept. I mean, Midwinter is a studio formed by industry veterans. There's a lot of people there from uh, 343 and and a couple of other big studios like that. They've the other thing also is that they've been working together for a while, so it was already a a well-oiled machine when when we acquired the studio and it was perfect we just gave them a, a new vision and they ran with it that is awesome to hear uh going back to the uh your roadmap for the year yeah um what can you tell us about the upgrades to the gameplay mechanics and quality of life adjustments that you guys are planning i let me open up the document so i don't say anything too silly right yes <laughs> You already got in trouble once. You can't. I don't know how many strikes you get. <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry. If I can help you, I, I just had I'd gone for one second to open the door to my 14-year-old dog. Um, so oh, if oh. you <laughs> apologies for that. So if you if you if I can help with anything, please let me know. I'm sorry I missed that question. No, 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 but it's okay. I have the document open. Okay, I just want to make sure I talk about the right thing. It's the 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 stuff that usually other people talk about. But uh we have a couple of major updates. Uh, I think that one of the ones that are really gonna uh, make a big difference is uh, bots for disconnects. Thank God. In, oh, wow. in an upcoming <laughs> PTB, we'll have the the disconnect bots. So if you just leave the game, someone will someone stupid will take your place. <laughs> uh, things like the new loadout search bar, which will allow oh, yeah. you to find your perks mm-hmm. and your cosmetics. Uh, it wasn't an issue six years ago. It very much is today. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's also a big, big push on uh, security, and uh, we will launch a hacking and vulnerability program to help identify and, and address the biggest vulnerabilities within the game. Uh, that being said, it's always it's an ongoing battle. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is if if nobody's trying to hack you, it means that nobody cares about your game. Uh, but it, these people are extremely talented and they don't like playing games. They like breaking games. So we have to, to constantly fight. Uh, we will have also more dev focused live stream throughout the year. So we'll have more visibility on the upcoming updates. Uh, Want to to start talking more uh, to people again? That that is great to hear, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I did have that under a miscellaneous uh, question I wanted to ask yep. you. We we see that so much now in this day and age in general. Everything's so transparent and so online, and updates. Everyone wants updates right away and constantly. 
Yeah. And you, you guys are, have to be so, you know, closed fisted with a lot of stuff you do. Can we see more transparency as far as live streams? And also um, a friend of our community, um, Huff and Puff, shout out to him. Mm -hmm. He also would be very interested. He's a Canadian as well. He would saying, what about like visits to the studio? I know you talked about that before. That is something that the community is very interested in too, seeing you guys do what you do. Yeah, we, uh, as far as visits go, uh, we do that, I'd say quite regularly. We could do it more okay. often, but it is a little disruptive. Uh, but uh, we, we do that regularly with a lot of our content creators and influencers. Uh, of course, all of our fog whisperers, uh, I've, we've done a lot of visits for them so that they have the right information. They are sort of our mouth in, in many instances. They, right. they, they're not behavior employees, but they, they, uh, they sort of represent us in many, many ways. Uh, mm -hmm. I think even la last month or two months ago, I was at the studio meeting uh, with a delegation from Japan that came to see us. Uh, there's a, a big group over there called OpenREC. Uh, they are uh, essentially a, a streaming a content platform, uh, quite a big one in Japan. And so they, they sent a delegation. It was probably like a dozen people with some uh, uh, content creators, specifically people who play Dead by Daylight, uh, some that I had met when I was in Japan a couple of years ago. And so we do have people visit on a regular basis. Uh, that transparency, the only uh, obstacle to this, there's only two things that get in the way of, of transparency for us. On, on one hand is sometimes we like to have surprises, right? Like the anniversary, we need to have a couple of things that we can do a big mic drop and, and people go, oh my God, they just blew my mind. Like mm -hmm. that's one of the ways that surprises happen is we have to hold off some of the information Absolutely. for a bit. Uh, the other thing is it takes quite a lot of effort and and work from a lot of people to do these shows, to do these mm -hmm. live streams, especially because we don't want to have I mean, there's going to be people that are PR and communications and people who are whose sole job is to communicate. But we want to be we want the main people to talk to be Dave, our creative director, or Xavier, our art director, or people who are actually doing the job to tell you what we're working on. And if we do that, then these people are not doing the job. They're rehearsing they're preparing they're working on a script they're now going to shoot in a studio like it used to be different seven years ago i remember right. like it was me dave and ash and we'd just go oh it's wednesday 3 p.m let's just go do the stream and we jump into a room with a camera and just do the thing and blurt things out that we shouldn't have and just sort of do it on the fly and it worked and it was very relatable and it was very mm -hmm. fun and a little comical but we can't do that today like there's too right. much at stake there's too many people involved we have to be better we have to be more thorough and and that requires quite a lot of work and effort and and so we have to pick our battles but to come all the way back we have decided that this year there will be more communication we're going to bring back more live streams especially with dev focus conversations about our strategy about the life balance about all these things there's a big big uh effort that's going to happen especially around face camping in dead by daylight uh which has become a bit of a 
a sticking point right now that's mm -hmm. made a lot of people unhappy. So we have a anti-camping system to remedy some of that. We hope that people will will get it and appreciate it, and it's probably going to change quite a lot from the the system we have in mind right now. Once we put it in the PTB, once we implement it. Uh, same with uh, what we did with the end game collapse a couple of years ago. That changed the game in many ways, but it added, it helped quite a lot with a few issues that we had at the time. So that's the idea there. It, the anti-camping camping is very attractive. Is that's going to be something down the road that you guys are releasing, or is that? Uh, it, it's it's already in the works right now. The first okay. implementation is going to come in a PTB quickly. Uh, I think that the this I won't even try to, to start explaining what we're doing because okay. in the anniversary tomorrow, uh, there are people there, like the designer in charge gotcha, of it, gotcha. and and one of our community uh, manager is there talking about that at length. So tune in to get all the details. Well, everyone heard that already. If you listen yeah. to this, yeah, that that so that's been detailed already. That that's great to hear. I, I do have a few, um, a couple of questions. Again, th these are, are, are things that are hard for you to answer. I don't like answer, asking eh. licensing questions, but it, you know, it, it's, so, it. it's so strong in the community. It, it, I feel like it has to be mentioned. A lot of heads turned uh, quite a few months ago now when people from that were involved in the Terrifier 2 film were adding Dead by Daylight on Twitter and, you know, they want Art the Clown yeah. in the game. Again, I, I this is all licensing. I know how limited you guys are with talking about it, but how attractive is that? It's always great to see other creators out there be excited about your brand and your baby. Yeah. So yeah. having people who create horror in a professional way do something you know, they, they've created a new uh, IP that's really cool, and they've oh, yeah. built some really interesting characters, and they are excited about Dead by Daylight, and that is high praise. That is a great compliment that we are always thrilled to get. Now, is that going to lead to something in Dead by Daylight? Uh, I can't say. Uh, right. if, if, if it was something that was going to happen, I couldn't say anything. If it yeah, wasn't, absolutely. I couldn't say anything either. So. Really, <laughs> yeah. no help here. But but it is. I, but I can tell you, it is. It's not the first time that this happens. That content creators create something really impressive. That big studios or professionals create something amazing, and that they reach out to us or, or at least do something to try to catch our attention. And every time, it's we take it as the high praise that it is. Absolutely. One of the final things I had was a couple months ago. It was mentioned about uh cinematic mori's built-in unbreakable uh these things were mentioned we haven't seen anything more on that yet is that something that you guys are still contemplating what status on that the 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 one thing i can say about that at this point mm -hmm. is uh naughty bear is coming to dead by daylight that, okay. which is yeah. absolutely amazing uh, yes! Yay! <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Big fan so, of that one. Uh, no, but that's it. So Naughty Bear is 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 the is royalty at behavior. Obviously, is one of our mm -hmm. first IPs. It's the game that we made when we were trying to make a horror game where you live the fantasy of being the bad guy in a horror game way before Dead by Daylight. It's it's sort of the 
grandfather of Dead by Daylight. Uh, and now he's coming to Dead by Daylight this Halloween. However, he's also the first legendary outfit that comes with his own Mori. So oh. you will be able to equip this legendary outfit on the Trapper, and it will have its own Naughty Bear Mori. So that's something that is coming to Dead by Daylight, a new class of outfits that can incorporate a new Mori. Which was also a mechanic of Naughty Bear, wasn't it? Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Kat, you were just talking about Naughty Bear recently. I've been trying to get you to play Naughty Bear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now Especially that I'm Especially you should play Naughty Bear Panic in Paradise. Yes. That's the good one. That's the one I worked on with Dave and Ash and and a lot of people who actually are on on Dead by Daylight or were on Dead by Daylight. Um guys, I'm so sorry. I don't I, I certainly don't want to be a poop party pooper. I just want to make sure that we're still good on time for uh, Matt because Yeah, I'm good. No, no, okay. no, seriously, I'm good. I I don't have a hard stop at, after this, so even if we go over a little bit, I'm fine. And plus, I'm having a good time, so. Beautiful. Uh, as are we. One of the other things, uh, again, I, I know how much how limited you are, but uh, I would probably be crucified if I didn't bring it up. <laughs> Stranger Things. Yeah, what about it? Everyone's begging for Hawkins Lab and, and, and just all the th all how relevant it is now. People just want so much more of it. I guess it's kind of the same uh, road as the Terrifier 2. It's just, what's the, the stance on this now as far as Dead by Daylight? Is this something that, you know, how interested are you guys in revisiting? Have you, have you talked to uh, people at uh, Netflix recently? I've tried to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, that's super fair. That's super fair. Uh, I mean, we have never wanted to remove content from the game absolutely it's never been our plan or a business plan uh oh, that being said we have talked about potentially like limited time offers for a few different things because that yeah. could be interesting but that's never been the plan so far and so it, it, it was not our decision to remove that content uh and if we could get it back we would be happy to absolutely absolutely well, one more thing. I, I kind of wanted to start with this, but we had so much to get to. Uh, and, and it goes to kind of the longevity of, of Dead by Daylight itself. We've seen so many asymmetrical horror games come and go. And you guys, Dead by Daylight has not only stood the test of time, but has kind of moved with the test of time. And you guys have had a cross-play and, and just the landscape of even if you can get into coding and all that stuff like it's changed so much and yep. you guys have rolled with that what's it like with the overhauls you've had to do like it's insanely impressive when you look at how long dead by daylight has been around and the growth that you've had on an, an insane amount of levels what, what's the i mean you guys have a great team and i, I could only imagine the work that goes in, into it could you talk a little bit about that I mean, if I knew the exact recipe that led to the success, we would have done it again, right? <laughs> we would have done it a couple You're trying of times to. since then. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I think that, like I said, I, I touched upon the, the idea that this game is always surprising. And I think that's at the core of the, the, um, the success. The fact that I watched some streamers who have played 9,000 hours of our game mm -hmm. and we release some new content, we make a patch, we make some changes, and all of a sudden, they are still surprised. 
they are still taken aback. They have to relearn some mechanics. They have to rethink. They they scream because of jump scares. Like this is critical for the game to stay fresh to a certain extent. Now the other thing I think is it is an insanely simple game to pick up. Like your first game, oh, today it might be a little overwhelming because you see there's so many characters with perks and powers and things yeah. and that, but at its core, if you jump in, you walk around trying not to get caught, you fix half a gen, you hear the door open and you run, like you get it. You, you get what the game is about. And then two years later, you still have stuff to learn about what's the best combination of perks to deal with this kind of killer and that and this. But but the core is very simple, and it, it like it's it's the perfect example of like easy to learn and hard to master. Like it's it's just it's just the right balance. Uh, and and if there's one thing that I think we've done right, which is really really difficult to do in asymmetrical games, it's we made sure that even if you play bad, like even if you play as the worst asshole possible. You're a min-maxer, you're a griefer, you're doing everything you can to make the other person's lives bad. That's your goal in playing the game. You're still going to create, for the most part, a cool experience for the other side. And that's very, very difficult to do. And that's where a lot of the asymmetrical games sort of break down, because if a lot of them are built like uh, a Dungeons & Dragons game. Like someone is the killer, they have to be sort of the narrator and play to do jump scares and really create a cool experience for the survivors trying to escape. But if they're not, if they're just trying to, you know, break them and be unpleasant, it'll just suck for everybody. Now, don't get me wrong, there are ways to grief in our game and to make the experience not as fun. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, if you're playing badly or if you're playing without trying to make a good experience you're still creating cool moments for the other side and that's something that's insanely hard to do and that's something that i believe a game that doesn't have that cannot stay there's no other game like it period you know yeah, absolutely no yep. I had a just a final question. Uh, is there any sure. possibility of Dead by Daylight implementing like different game modes to the base game, like ranked versus casual, or like a it's, perkless mode? It, it, yes, there is a possibility of that. Uh, I can. I don't know if I can get into the details. I will. Oh well. Uh, but <laughs> we, we do have a team internally right now that is uh, like doing R and D trying different modes, trying different gameplay elements. Uh, most likely, uh, these will probably be, at first at least, implemented as parts of limited time events, like we've done with some of the winter events and things like that, to completely change the gameplay. Because one of the things that we have always tried to do is not break up the community into different things. We don't want you to start a game and there's nobody playing this mode, so you're not playing, right? Right. Uh, but I think that with the the mass of players that we have right now, there's probably a little more freedom to do this. So maybe having a rank mode, an unranked mode, or even having like a really weird mode that you can play that it's all snowman. You know, maybe <laughs> that's a thing that's possible nowadays. So yes, we do please. have <laughs> an internal team that is just 
trying to find alternate modes and they're not redesigning the game it's not going to become hockey all of a sudden but uh you know finding interesting ways to switch things up a little maybe a completely different pace to the game maybe different objectives uh yes that's something that's being looked at right now that is very refreshing to hear uh matthew thank you so much for your time today you've been very generous you and your team that's it you're kicking me out uh, well, I, I did ha actually. I did have one thing I wanted to say to you, um, and it, it's kind of a joke within our community. Uh, uh, we we do play Dead by Daylight heavily. Allie is uh, she streams it extremely often. We we have a running joke of how important generators are in that game to be done by a survivor, <laughs> and we're constantly telling people to do a gen, and it, it's become kind of a joke. And we want to know if we can get you, one of the kings of Dead by Daylight, to tell people to do gen. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that uh, it's it actually goes without saying that uh, as a survivor, do gens. Yeah, do uh, gens. It's, it's a good idea. I mean, if you don't, you can just clean totems. It's not a problem. Uh, we need a couple of those, but really, just just go ahead and do gens. Do a gen. Yeah, do a gen. Do a gen. Get good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, again, th thank you, Matthew, very much for your time today. Um, I, I really, sure. truly hope we could do it again. You are an absolute pleasure, sir, and um, good luck on everything tomorrow. With well, today, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yesterday or today. Yeah. It's yeah tomorrow. If you guys want to catch catch in the broadcast, it's still really, really, really fun show oh, to watch. So yeah. it's at one thirty p.m. EDT. Um, should last about an hour or so. Um, and so, yeah, that's why we lift the embargo at 2.40. Yes. Um, and uh, if you guys, are you guys doing editing on the YouTube at all, if you're going to post it on YouTube? Because this I can send be you the press it. kit. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I can also send you the press kit and you can integrate some trailers if you want. Again, absolutely. embargo until tomorrow, after, but absolutely after, after that, you're free to use that. <laughs> we will be watching live, so the, the, you yeah. will know when it ends and we'll know. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. For Great. sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, so, it's always such a fun thing to to watch. Like Even if I yeah. Matt and I were shooting this and still I'm going to watch it yeah. tomorrow and I'm going to be so giddy and so I encourage I'm you actually, to watch it. Are you going to be absolutely. in the studio tomorrow? Maybe. I'm going to try. I'll be there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. Matsuri is going to the studio. Exciting. Yeah, I never do. I'm always at home. But uh, <laughs> tomorrow I'll be at the studio. We're going to watch cool. all together. Hopefully there's yeah. popcorn or something. I hope, yes. So anyway, so thank you guys so, so much. And oh, uh, if you have you. additional questions, please don't hesitate. And otherwise, it's been a pleasure dealing with you. Thank you all for making this very smooth. Um, yes, Matsuri. Uh, no, just the last thing. I meant what I said. If you want to to sit again and talk about other stuff, I'm happy to do so. Just reach out. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. Yeah, again, absolutely, it was yeah. a, a pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Sending you the press kit as we speak. Thank you. Odd, give your dog a treat for us. <laughs> thank you. I will. Yeah, he's, <laughs> right. he's 14 years old. Poor dog. Yeah, thank oh, you so much. Oh, I will. I love him already. <laughs> Have a yeah. great rest of your day, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. 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 That was an awesome conversation with Matthew Cote. Be sure to follow everything they do at Dead by Daylight, deadbydaylight.com. Do not miss the live stream tomorrow. One, well, no, they did it already. Yeah, it's already yeah, happened. It's already done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Pre-recording issues. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. The game keeps growing, and that is a wonderful thing for the horror genre. As always, follow the show on Twitter, at Slasher Radio. 
Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash slash radio. Get tons of extra content, extra show every week, Easter egg content, uh, all kinds of stuff. Gabagooly stuff and Danza stuff, Allie. Ooh. Mm, you don't know nothing about that, do you? No, I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Did you see the post today? Someone said that they're it. the highlight. <laughs> I ignored it. I did see it. Didn't like it and interact with it. Will not entertain that type of tomfoolery. But seriously, if you haven't checked out Dead by Daylight, I assume you have. It's such a massive game. Make sure you check that out. And yeah, support the show. Tears starting as low as $3 a month. Patreon.com forward slash slash radio. I am at Mikey's Dead on Twitter. Cat, where are they finding you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore velour, C-A-T underscore V-O-L-E-U-R. You can check out my website, catvelour.com. We're doing a pre-order drive for my book. All the pre-orders will be signed, so go ahead and order Revenge Arc. Pre-order Revenge Arc. That's right. Oh, oh, oh wait, no. Do not order. Do not go to cat. <laughs> you can't change your cat V-O-L underscore V-O-L. You can't change that on me. I did. I'm mixing things up today. <laughs> you threw me off entirely with that. I can't believe how that, how badly some small threw me off. We're recording on a Thursday, so my whole like rhythm is off today. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. This is all funky, but yeah, do not go to catvalor.com and do not pre-order Revenge Arc, which will be a wonderful horror genre novel, and you can get a pre-signed copy. Don't do any of that. Uh, pre-order it to spite Mikey. It's signed. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, Allison. Yes. Where are they checking you out? You can find me on Twitter at Ali Surreal or uh, twitch.tv backslash Ali Surreal. And they will catch you in the fog on there, will they not? That's right. That's right. You stream a lot of it, but. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Almost exclusively. Pretty much exclusively, yeah. Uh, great community on there as much fun if you like giving Ali hell that is a great place to do it so definitely make sure you go check out twitch.tv forward slash Ali Surreal you can also catch Rob who is not here today at Radio Rob 123 make sure you tell him I said to suck an egg and good night from Slasher Radio all the best with Slasher Radio podcast <laughs>